Hello and welcome to the Mental Sweet Spot Podcast, where we share stories, tips, and strategies for coaching the mental game of softball. If you're the type of coach who believes culture is key, the mental game is a secret weapon, and our impact lies in coaching people, you are a sweet spotter. To learn more about our products, services, and how you can gain access to even more of our actionable resources, head to mentalsweetspot.com. Now onto the show. Hey coach, thanks for joining us again. I'm Melanie Rushing and I'll be joined shortly by Alicia Smith and special guests to discuss performance vision training. We've come a pretty long way in player development, but we can still do more for the skill that's involved in every single action, performance vision. Think about it. When we work on getting stronger, faster, more agile, we improve throwing, hitting, and pitching skills. Now more coaches are starting to work on mental skills too, but all that work goes in the tank if your athlete isn't seeing the ball. Today's guest is the founder of Neurodynamic Vision, and he's here to share everything he's learned in his journey with performance vision. Their goal is to increase our understanding of the power of the brain to improve overall human performance. And we get a sneak peek of that today. So please join me in welcoming Ryan Harrison. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. Let's start this off. Please tell us a little bit about yourself, how you started on this journey, and a little bit about your business and what you do. Well, I'm, uh, I played sports growing up. I played baseball, soccer, football. Um, I had a father that uh, was an optometrist, and in 1971, he started working with uh, the Kansas City Royals on visual performance skills, and they started in a era that was way back when people didn't understand how the vision worked, and they started with what they called the Royals Baseball Academy, and that developed uh, quite a few players and even coaches today out of that. So my experience is I went on to UC Davis, got a degree in exercise physiology. I was a place kicker in college. And like most of us, I didn't listen to my dad too much until I got a little bit older and started realizing, man, he knows something. He's, <laughs> he's pretty smart. <laughs> and uh, so about 20 years ago, he had me go with him to uh, spring training with him. He was working with the Royals, uh, the Braves, and the Cincinnati Reds. And I'm like, God, dad, you know, these guys are really listening and understanding and get a lot of value of what you're teaching. I think I want to learn a little bit more and, and help you. So I've, I've been lucky that uh, over my 20 years, uh, understand what visual performance is, and it's not necessarily about clarity, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, in this podcast, but how the eyes function in sport. And I've been around a lot of pro baseball teams. I've worked, I don't know, maybe 13 major league teams over the 20 years uh, in different capacities. I work with a lot of college baseball teams that have won College World Series, and I also work with a lot of college softball teams, such as LSU, Florida State, um, Texas A&M and many more over those years. And I also work in other sports as well. Whatever the visual demand is, uh, we look at it, we test it, we train it, and we, and we teach how to use their eyes to perform, whether it's hockey, uh, football, uh, golf, tennis, baseball, softball. So it's been a fun ride over these last 20 years. That is so cool to delve into different sports. I think I've said it multiple times on this podcast, <laughs> but I am a softball girl. <laughs> That's all I know. So can you delve a little more into specifically what softball girls are learning from you guys and how they're helping it for their performance? Yeah, well, I, again, we look at sports vision as, as three parts. One is the quality of vision, which is what most people are aware of. That's contacts, lens, lenses, or glasses, or any medical kind of situation. Uh, the second part we look at is how the eyes function, how the skills work, the depth perception, speed of recognition, speed of processing, tracking skills, 
And then the third is really the tactical aspect of how do you use your eyes to perform? So going back into softball, um, obviously you can't play this game with a blindfold on, and it's really hard to play with a patch on. So understanding how we see and how we look at things, and you know, best example is hitters will say when they're going really good, the ball looks like the moon. And when they struggle, the ball looks like a little golf ball. And so understand how we can control what we see and see it big like a, a beach ball more often. So we'll go through a process where first uh, we'll evaluate to see if there's any medical issues. And, and what is interesting is usually about 30 to 40% of a college softball team has a clarity correction issue. And um, that means they're not wearing when they should be wearing something. They wear the wrong lenses. They're not wearing something that's optimal for, for the game of softball. But even when we look at younger girls, um, as well as boys, is a lot of them don't know that they can't see better until they're showed that they can see a little bit better. So people go away with, you know, 20-30 vision, 20-25 vision, 20-40 vision. And sometimes as a coach, we see their timing or just something that's not right. And it might be their clarity, or it might be some of those skills of the tactical part that we get into later. That is so cool. I think we did the same thing with mental skills as well. Like we just start with the physical, <laughs> got to work on the physical skills. But then, okay, what else is holding you back? So I think it's, God, that's so important to know that, no, you're actually not seeing clearly. No wonder you can't track that ball all the way in. It happens so fast. You have to have every little bit of your eye working properly that's a really awesome way to start yeah what one, do you one thing, find one thing yeah I, more. one thing i always ask people a question just because you brought that up is uh what percentage of the game is physical and you know they'll come up with a number and then i'll say what percentage of the game is mental and they'll come up with a bigger number and then i say what per percentage of the game is visual and they'll say everything and then I ask, how often do they spend training it? And you'll see less on the visual, less on the mental, and a lot on the physical. And they're all three are important parts of the game, and they all interconnect. And trying to find out how we can get those three to to work in you know in a prime mode is is the, is what we're trying to all accomplish here. Ryan, I've experienced that same thing in, in high school where I've had kid after kid, even pitchers will be like, I really need to go to the eye doctor. And they finally go and they've been pitching for me for two years. And I say, oh, I can finally see the catcher signs clearly. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been doing for the past two years? And some people have actually said guessing. Like, So yeah. I don't know why, like, why, why it's such a maybe a misnomer or why it's like a bad thing, because I know that some kids just don't want to switch to the contacts or the glasses, but time after time after time, um, I've even asked parents to have their kids, you know, have you had their eyes checked lately? And well, no, we haven't. And, you know, lo and behold, they need, they need contact lenses. It's amazing how just seeing clearly can help their, you know, them see the ball better. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it touches quite a few different things. Is, is This game is, is about confidence. Any sport's really about having confidence. And if you don't have confidence in what you see, it makes this game a lot more challenging. And, you know, the, the clarity can, can help, obviously, in school, but in reading and education, life in general. But obviously, we want it to be in softball. But I think part of it is we all want to be successful. And none of us want to admit to our faults or, or that we're not very good at it. So, um, in fact, I had a girl the other day that went to the optometrist, got some contacts. I look at her and I'm like, God, it's, there's, I don't think they're right. And I said, what are you telling the doctor? She goes, oh, I can see this and see that, but I really can't. I'm just trying to tell him I can see. 
And I think they all want to think they see, but not admit that it's not as sharp as it could be. Right. It's kind of similar to me where I, I had to go to the doctor and admit that I need reading glasses. And that was a difficult transition for me because I've always quote unquote had perfect vision. So I'm, I'm learning how to do that too, but it is a difficult thing to admit. So yeah, unfortunately age is, is a killer on the eyes too. It is. It is. He told me I would, when I hit my forties, that would happen. And, and he was right. Yeah. So I, ha- I do have a question on one of the drills that I saw on online. You have, it was a drill with Steph Curry. He was bouncing a basketball with one hand and, and catching uh, a tennis ball with a, with another. Can mm-hmm. you kind of explain maybe some some how some of your technology works and in in conjunction with that drill? Yeah, well, uh, I mean that's a broad question. There are so many skill sets that that we look at and we evaluate how the eyes move, how the muscles of the eyes work, how the speed of processing. Um, you know, different variables of uh, visual skills. So when we take an athlete, we look at them and say, okay, where are the weaknesses and what do we need to attack? And there is a lot of technology. Uh, some things are, are, you know, very expensive equipment and some things are very inexpensive uh, to training visual skills. And the one that you're referring to is he's probably wearing glasses in that, uh, which is the strobe glasses. Yes. And, yeah. and those are uh, called synaptic strobes. And basically what they're doing is, is shuttering some of your vision. So it's like being in a strobe light surrounding where the light's flashing on, flashing off. And you're taking out uh, basically, um, best way to describe it is slides out of your vision. So if you look at 60 frames per second, for example, and with the strobes on, we're taking about 30 frames out of there. And your brain has to figure out the connection between those two imagery. So it's learning how to project where things are and where they're going to end up. And now he was dribbling a ball and catching a tennis ball. So now you're multitasking uh, and trying to stay focused on, on multiple things that are happening. So it's just amping up the challenge, putting more constraints on, on the athlete when you look at the strobe glasses and then adding one or two balls. Um, as a, as a softball player, we might use the strobes uh, for hitting off tees or or taking ground balls um, and just getting them to learn where are my eyes looking at and what can I project of where things are and am I is my projection uh, accurate? And I can see the tie there to to mental performance and mental training because you know you, you want to be able to understand where the kids lack maybe in confidence or or things, but but in practice that's something that we do very often is you put them in situations that are different. You, you make the pace faster. You hit baseballs to them. You change what they're, what they're used to. Um, mm-hmm. There's no way to measure it, unlike, unlike what you're doing, but I think that's pretty cool. It's a very interesting way to look at it. Yeah, it's, it's good. You know, obviously, you're talking about being uncomfortable and, and learning to perform uncomfortable. And when you get to that stage um, and, and you can slow things down, it makes the transition a lot easier. We use a... Um, a machine that shoots 160 ping pong balls a minute and we they have to catch them and they have to make decisions based off what they see so we catch orange with the one hand and white balls with the other hand and when they first get in there you'll see the stress level get up you'll see the challenge get in there you'll see their head move their body stiffen up and, and they struggle sometimes get hit in the face with it and as they learn how to control what they're looking at and slow things down, you can see their body relax, and then they look like a ninja, and they can basically see, decide, and make a, a proper reaction to it. 
when you're talking about slowing things down, can you tell more about what's happening there with your eyes and with that confidence you've been talking about that can help everything seem slower and easier? I love when that happens. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's actually, um, kind of sidestep here, starting with my dad and, and, um, 20 years ago, that slow the game down was what we coined our business and neurodynamic vision is our new business where we've transitioned, slow the game down in there to be a little bit more broad and what there we're doing. There we go. Yep. So slowing the game down, you know, obviously when athletes are at their best, that's the feeling they get as things slow down. Now, the reality is time never does slow down, but how we perceive that visual information and that mental information and see the plays unfold is the way we describe it as slowing it down. The problem is we actually do the opposite. We're really good at speeding things up. And so under stress, under pressure, under uh, fatigue, um, we tend to increase the speeds of stuff, whether it's um, the pitch and the ball, the runners, um, that chaos happens and everything speeds up. So learning how to control your vision to really focus on the task at hand. And that's what we talk a lot about is the task at hand. We try to think we can focus on everything and we can't. It's impossible to multitask. We, when, we, when we think we multitasking, we're actually jumping from task to task, which actually makes it about 40% slower in the processing speed. When we're fine-tuned on the actual task at hand and we see, let's say the ball, we're fine-tuned on the ball, that's where we see the spin the ball appears bigger and our brains are sucking it in going, oh, I love this. And then our body knows how to react to it. And then as a human, obviously, we tend to perform at our best in that situation. How do you measure uh, improvement? Well, that's a, that's a really good question. And it, it depends on what we're trying to improve. And if we're trying to improve depth perception, we have tools that we measure that and and they go through a training program and we see results on it. We also have a eye tracker that is uh, a high quality uh, lab designed uh, eye tracker on a screen that tracks eye movements and, and tracking skills. And uh, it, it actually measures like the initiation of your eye movement, the how well you track an object, the speed of your eye movements, and how much cicadic eye jumps. So we can see the changes in some of that over time of training. And then, you know, we talk about uh, eye-hand coordination, and it's often said hand-eye coordination, but it's really the eyes lead the hand, not the hand lead the eyes. So I always correct people, but those tools have a lot of timing mechanisms in there. So you can see how they time, but, but ultimately, you know, sport has a lot of variabilities to it and you can have the best eyes you can have the best mindset um, but if you don't have the great skills it may not matter how good those are uh, or you might have the greatest eyes and the greatest um, physical ability but if you don't have the, the right mental part of the game it doesn't matter either um, so all three need to work together and, and I think measuring performance is really about how you how that athlete measures success whether it's more consistent at bats, whether it's more confidence on the field, whether it's making better throws uh, or throwing better quality pitches. Uh, ultimately, that's the goal is making them one step better than they are today. That's really cool how you show that it's all intertwined. So what have you seen has been the benefit of athletes who work on their mindset along with their vision and physical skills? How does that help the athletes that you've worked with? 
Well, calm eyes are better eyes. So having good relaxed eyes are going to work better. Same thing with the body. Now, if you have a lot of stuff going on in your mind, you're going to block what your eyes and, and body can do. And one of the things that we talk about is you can't think and see at the same time. And that's a weird concept, but I want you to, I'll give you an example of it. You've I taken totally a book. <laughs> yeah. You've taken a book to read and you're scanning. You have all that, the, the purpose, the goals, the desire to finish this page. And you start thinking about softball, something else, dinner. And next thing you know, so what the heck did I just read? And if we looked at the eyes scanning, they scanned great. They moved great, but, but they weren't functioning like we need to because we we're lost in thought about something else. Same thing driving down the road. We'll be thinking about, you know, something and also we go, oh, how'd I get here? I hope I didn't hit anyone. And so it's learning to get those, you know, kind of all three to, to work together. Uh, but I do know that when people get highly visual, um, they tend to be calm mentally and their body tends to work a little bit better. Now, which leads the other way? Now, uh, that's a good question. Uh, you know, obviously being an eye guy, we, we want the eyes to lead everything. But I do know guys that know have a very good calm mindset, which calms those eyes, which allow those eyes to work for them. So they both work hand in hand. And, um, you know, if you're, if you're caught up with distractions from off the field, grades, parents, whatever it is, it's going to pull away from understand how well you see. And what most people will say is, in fact, I had a, a, um, a baseball player tell me, this is one of my favorite lines. He goes, I'm seeing the ball. Well, I'm just swinging at bad pitches. And that's a guy who doesn't understand how well he sees something or, or how bad he sees something. Yeah. So, so that's part of it. It's just learning how, how you see and what you can, what you can control. And when you learn how to control it, it, you know, it, it doesn't make the game easy because it's not an easy game, but at least it gives you a better chance to be successful. I love that. And I thought of the phrase when you were talking about that of be where your feet are. Um, and of, of course, either way that you see it, whether you're in the right mentality, doesn't matter where it starts, but I th honestly think see where your feet are is a way to be present. Like mm -hmm. literally focus on what's in front of you with your eyes, see what's going on. That can take you out of the thoughts about the past or what's going on in the future or the what ifs or all the possibilities. And I think if you literally turn to your vision, what am I seeing right now? I honestly think that could be the fastest way to get back into the present. Yeah. Well, well you know, think about this. Um, as a pitcher, what, what's the task of, of a pitcher? To make the hitter miss. <laughs> okay. Now, that's more of a goal that oh. you want, we want to accomplish. So we want to break it down as a task. And one of the things you'll hear is to get strikeouts, to you know, throw strikes. And, and those are – they're great, but those are the goals that we want. And as you know, when we have goals, they're set up for failure because you're not going to be able to make the hitter swing and miss every single time. But your task is simpler, is to really throw a quality pitch to a specific target. Ooh, and, good one. And if, and if you do that at every pitch, you're going to give yourself a chance to be successful. Now, again, you could still get hit. The umpire can mess with you and all those different things. But at least you're simplifying the task. And, and then from a hitting standpoint, I ask what the task is as a, as a hitter. And a lot of people will say to get on base, to move runners, to hit home runs, to, uh, to hit 400, whatever. And those become goal-oriented, which goals are great to have again. But the task is you have to see the ball first. 
And if you don't see the ball first, you're, you're in trouble. So see the ball first, make solid contact, or take the pitch properly. And if they do that on every pitch, they're going to give themselves a chance. And seeing the ball really well may be different each day based off, you know, weather, maybe based off fatigue, maybe best based off, um, you know, time of day. But they got to give themselves a chance to see the ball first. Otherwise, they're just swinging at what they think they see and, and, and not accurately what they see. I think that also goes along kind of what you were saying with, with what we call the process, right? The process and not focusing on those outcome-oriented goals all the time. Yeah. Just what you said, those are all outcome goals instead of focusing on the process. And part of that process and what we talk about all the time, right, is that, that mental approach, uh, especially not only as a hitter but as a pitcher as well. And I think when you're you're getting ready to step in the box, you already kind of mentioned it, right? You have as an offensive player, you're you're changing that broad focus to narrow focus, and how do you get there? Mm-hmm. And you also mentioned something too. Remind we always say you can't have two conscious thoughts at the same time. Right? <laughs> so it's it's the exact same thing. Yeah. You can't be focusing on the pitcher and what in what uh, what they're throwing or what they're not throwing or who's in the stands, and then still focus on what you need to do. So I like yeah. that. When you when you think you stink, yeah, yeah, think think good one. That was me. Dang it! That's it's most it's most of us. That's how it's how we are as humans. It really is. We have to we have to fight it. We do, and I think a lot of it has to do too with what one of the things I've noticed with um, coaching for so long is with the generations. There's a lot more distractions now than there was say 20 years ago. So the kids distracted mind when they even come in to start practice is really what we've had to try to kind of battle and how to get them, you know, focused and relaxed and re-energized in order to, to start practice to let before that you can think about seeing the ball. Right. I think that that's really yeah. kind of the challenge that we face a lot. Do you see a lot of the, the athletes that you work, you kind of mentioned a little bit about the distractions, but especially with the younger kids, do you see a lot of that? Um, all, all different ages. We see that. I mean, that's, you know, the the biggest problem in sports is we're thinking too much and you know we get away from from what we're good at and we try to force things into happening and part of it is you know kids these days we have a lot more distractions like you said uh, whether it's phone whether it's media whether it's uh, whatever it is and so trying to get them to understand how to control that is a challenge and I you know I I laugh a little bit I hope that's more education down the road that people will learn how to control because you know again we want to be superhuman and multitask everything and and it's, it's not easy to do that. I totally agree, and I still catch myself doing this. Um, so it's an <laughs> ongoing <try>. process. <laughs> it is. It is, and it's a battle. Oh, You're never going to win it. It's a battle. No, dang it! And I want to win. I'm competitive. <laughs> uh, what tips do you have for us coaches working with our girls to help get them to stop thinking, to be able to quiet their eyes and get in that calm space so that they can be at their best to perform? Yeah, I like how you how you put that. And um, you know, today's world, from a hitting standpoint, as well as pitching, it's. It, I love all the new technology that's around, but you have to be careful because are you, you might be, you know, giving some good feedback, but are you allowing the athlete to be the athlete? And what I mean by that is, if if they're so focused on the mechanical side of things or the the numbers or whatever you want to say, are they really 
focused on their task. And if they're thinking about being successful at scoring a number, they may not be working on seeing the ball and tracking and picking the ball up early. So I think if my best advice I give my coaches or parents is ask a, the first question is, how well did you see that ball? Whether you're a hitter or whether you're a fielder, infielder, or maybe as a pitcher, how well did you see your target? How well did you picture your target? Asking the visual question before finding out uh, what else is going on, because asking the visual question will answer a lot of mental and visual stuff. Say, hey, they were thinking about something in the stands. That's why they booted the ball. Instead of getting on them, you got to get your butt down. You got to get your hands here. You got to, you know, you can't miss that ball and then putting more pressure on them. Getting them to play with their eyes freely is what, what my recommendation is. I've had a lot of kids actually tell me at the varsity level that they don't actually track the ball all the way to the bat. Yeah. And so what kind of drills or things, uh, coaches that, you know, are on this, that listen to this podcast, love drills as well. What kind of tracking drills do you have or suggest for hitters? Um, we got tons. <laughs> oh man. Where, where to start? Um, because it is, I think, um, you know, a lot of people talk about early recognition, which is, I, I agree is very important. Uh, but most people don't put enough time on tracking deep. And part of it is we, our eyes always want to move on to the next thing. Our brain wants to move on to the next thing. We don't like to complete the task. So if I shake your hand, and I, obviously we're in a podcast, but if I go grab my drink or shake your hand, you look at it and your eyes look away. And because of experience, most probably nine out of 10 times you're going to hit it, but there is those awkward moments. Sometimes you miss the can or you miss the, the hand. And it's because your eyes were leading off to the next thing. So same thing, whether it's fielding or hitting, is we get into these habits of, okay, I see it, I'm done, I'm moving my eyes on to the next thing, and we're looking where it goes. So anytime trying to see the ball to, to contact or trying to track it all the way in, whether you're doing it off a tee, whether you're doing it off hitting drills, but you know we use a few different uh, tools in ours. We have a ball that's got numbers that they work on tracking to, to their hand and not calling the number out till it's their hand. We also use a ball called the um, the um, what is <laughs> the uh, vector ball that actually lights a color up when it hits their hand or hits the bat. So they have to see the color when they make contact on there. We also use a, a whiff, high end wiffle ball machine that throws high velocity that they have to work on tracking it and catching it and not necessarily hitting it, but working on tracking it all the way as deep as they can and catching it. So they're working their eye movements all the way down. Um, we also use zone trainers that, that work on numbers so that they get better awareness of where the ball's crossing the plate. And then we also have these new flying discs that uh, we use that actually move a lot that they work on tracking. So those are some like, like in action kind of tracking drills, but backing up a little bit more, there's actually 14 muscles of the eye, seven in each eye, 12 that are involved in tracking a ball. And these muscles are very strong. We're, no one's going to get them any stronger, but they can be very tight and, and flexible. And so that's a, an opportunity that you can train those muscles to be more flexible, to be more efficient in tracking. And that has a lot to do with depth perception uh, and speed of, uh, of the tracking. And not to, uh, I'm trying to say this quickly without too much in depth, but if you have, for instance, like, um, your let's say your right eye muscles tend to be tight and what we call a um, 
almost like an arm curl. So when you curl, those muscles don't, they don't like it. So to not, your brain says, I quit on this. And what it does is it opens your head up and the muscles don't track as well. And it puts your head in a bad position. So sometimes there's a medical, uh, physical, you know, kind of a training of the, of the, the eye muscles that will help in the tracking. So that's a lot of stuff in a short amount of time that I threw out there. But it's so good. I'm reading it up and I'm like, oh, okay, what else? So well, we can like, probably talk for about eight hours on this. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but this is why you have a whole business to be able to help people with this. So before we get going, and I want to ask one more question for kind of like a wrap up, but how can people work with you more and learn more about this? So they can start implementing it. We have coaches in our fan base from college all the way down to 12 U and like the mental game. I am fully committed to saying this can work at all ages and should be started as soon as possible, worked on as often as possible. So how can people work with you guys and learn more about visual training? Yeah, well, working with us, uh, we have a new location in Irvine, California, and uh, we have a website, ndvperformance.com. Uh, we also have a secondary website, which is my older website, which is slowthegamedown.com. But we do evaluations and training sessions here in Irvine. I do travel uh, across the country and around the world and speaking and uh, doing clinics and training. And one of the things we'll be doing in 2020 is doing some coaching certification classes. Um, and we'll probably start in California, but we'll probably spread out across the country and doing some of those things. So those are probably the, the easiest way. And then obviously social media is another way through, um, it, at NDV performance or at slow the game down, uh, through all the social platforms on there. Can you talk a little bit more about your coach certification and what that entails? Like what would your, what would the, um, Classic, you like, and what does the certification do? Thank you. I got so yeah. excited when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, we're still working on a on a good fit because uh, you know I want to make sure it's right and um, and you know put a good stamp on it. But we're we're doing a couple things. The first one will be a little lower level, and that'll probably be a day day to two days of training. And basically, we'll give the background on vision, what to look for in your athletes on vision, and then drills and skills and things to train on there. Uh, the more in-depth version will probably include, um, we do have a new uh, product we're working on that's actually uh, athlete management from vision. And what, what if you have the equipment that we use, whether it's someone that you refer out to a doctor or, or whoever that has the equipment, we can put the data in there and crunch it and kind of look at what the pros and the cons of that person's vision. And then we'll have videos and, and um, curriculums uh, okay, this person doesn't do this, this, this. Okay, look at these drills, and this is where to go. So that's the future that we're trying. We're trying to get into um, where it'll be help, self-help on there. But at the beginning, we'll be training coaches. Uh, we'll be doing a coaching certification. We'll also be doing a, a optometry, uh, ophthalmology kind of uh, lane for them, and also a strength and conditioning uh, chiropractor, physical therapist lane as well. So we'll, we're looking at three different lanes to train th those people in the different skill sets that they can provide to their athletes. That's so cool. I'm so excited to see that. And now I'm going to have to make another trip home to visit family and <laughs> hop on over to Irvine. Yeah, it's not, it's not too bad. We, we, Irvine built a brand new um, uh, sports park that has 
let's see, five softball fields, eight baseball fields, 26 soccer fields, and we're inside a, a building that has four ice rinks in it and uh, strength and conditioning, and it's a pretty phenomenal place here in Irvine. If anyone's wondering why Southern California thinks they're so good at sports, it's because we're obsessed and we do things <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Well, do you have anything else you'd like to share with our coaches to help with their players and get their vision on point? Yeah, well, I, well, I appreciate the time. And, uh, you know, I love working with softball players. I think uh, uh, softball players really want to know why and they want to learn uh, as much as they can. And I think um, we all know eyes are important, but we tend to just take them for granted. And learning that the visual input is the first stimulus that we need and finding a way to enhance that with your players, whether it's ways we do it or finding a new way, or just even, you know, I kind of joke around, even tricking them just to say, Hey, you know, how are you seeing the ball? What, what are we looking at? Um, where do we get our eyes? Um, you know, are you tracking that ball the best you can instead of asking those other questions, Hey, your swings, this, your elbows down and, and all those, but get, get really push of how well they're seeing the ball. I love that. Thank you so much for coming on. This has been an awesome talk and I am really excited for all of our listeners to check out all of your websites. I will link to all those on our site and thank you again for your time. Yeah, no, thank you guys. And um, like I said, I, I do like to answer questions. So if anyone has questions, you know, feel free to reach out to me and um, you know, I'll give my best answer to my opinion. Perfect. That is a wrap for today. To learn more about neurodynamic vision and how you can help your players improve their visual performance, head to ndvperformance.com or neurodynamicperformance.org or follow them on social at ndvperformance. To support Mental Sweet Spot, we'd love if you shared this episode with a friend who also believes that the eyes are the keys to performance. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to reach out to me at mel at mentalsweetspot.com Shoot me a message on Twitter at Coach Mel Rushing or join our free Facebook group, Mental Sweet Spot Coaches. To stay informed of each new episode, for example, the Hall of Fame Olympic gold medalist we have next episode, and get an intro to coaching the mental game, including our dream team assessment, you can sign up for our email list at mentalsweetspot.com. Thank you again for joining us. Have a good one.